Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. It's always good to know that God's in his house. <laughs> I don't want to just call it God's house. I want, to, I want to feel him when I'm in here. I want to know that I'm in the right place doing the right thing. Amen. And I enjoy the presence of the Lord and so much enjoy. Amen. All of these wonderful, wonderful people. What a privilege and an honor it is to pastor such a great church. And uh, I'm just so thankful. And all of our guests, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We love you. And uh, we've got people that are here, amen, first-time guests to our church. We've got guests from out of town and other churches. And amen, those of you that are from other churches, some from Minnesota, some from other states, we honor your pastors. We're thankful for your pastors and your churches. And may God continue to bless you with revival and uh, use you in your kingdom and where God has placed you. That's a wonderful thing, amen, that God is doing around the world, amen? Amen. I want to read one verse of Scripture, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. Amen. If you have the words of Christ in red in your Bible, you might see that these words are in red. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Read it with me, would you please, out loud? I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. I want to preach about that for a little while today. But before you're seated, give two or three people a high five. Tell them they look good in God's house. Amen. Praise God. Genealogy has become interesting to us again. Uh, With companies like uh, MyHeritage or Ancestry.com or Unique Like You, there's a company called Origin. There's a bunch of them that exist today. You can get online and submit your DNA, and I've already shared my feelings on that. Not from a pastoral perspective, mind you. (laughs) But uh, uh, you can have your DNA tested and you can learn your personal heritage. You can find out your family tree. And uh, it's an interesting thing to learn about your heritage. And I encourage you, if you're going to dive into the depths of your past, that you might want to be secure in your present before you do. You might want to make sure you're at peace uh, with who you are because you never know what you're going to find when you start digging things up and you don't want to read too much into it. So I would encourage you to be at peace with who you are and, and uh, just in case you're not ultimately super proud of the past that you find. But the, the Bible has multiple accounts of lineage. People in ancient Israel placed a lot of 
importance on who their ancestors were, their families, lineage. The Bible includes family lists. It includes genealogies in order to show where certain families came from and how family groups may have formed. And we know that they discovered through that how what was important and why it mattered. Genesis lists the male head of each family from Adam to Noah and then from Noah through the descendants of his three sons, Japheth and Ham and Shem, and from Shem to Abraham, amen. From Genesis 5 to Genesis 11, you find, amen, these lists of genealogies and these heads of households. And, uh, the only proper family line for Israel's priests, and, and we find the family line of Levi in Exodus 6. We also see the ancestry of the kings. When you get into First Chronicles and chapter 1 all the way through 9, you've got the, the kings and, and how that all played out and how the, each one after the other and where they were connected and how they were connected. And they follow a pattern of what uh, we would do today. They look backwards. They, 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 when they were writing this history down, they were having to look backwards because that's how you write history. You have to look backwards. And so to create the list, they sat down and they peered into the past and they began to see uh, what was and what happened and how it existed. They take their knowledge of history and they create the family line that at one time existed. But not so with the Messiah. With the Messiah, we have generations that are looking forward to his coming. Everyone else is looking backward, trying to remember who granddaddy was, trying to remember what was possible, what they did, whether it be good or whether it be bad. But there was this Messiah that was always to come. And it gave them the opportunity to look forward to something. The, the great separation between looking back and looking forward, of course, is truth. It's fact. It's, it's the life that actually happened, the existence that, that really took place. Looking back can be positive or negative based upon the reality that occurred. But looking forward has the benefit of being completely positive if you're so inclined. I hope you're not just naturally a negative person. That's not a real enjoyable way to live life. And so when we look forward, we have the opportunity to just see the potential and the positive. We don't have to take into account what we know has happened in the past. We don't have to take into account all of these things. Most of us in this room today are looking forward to Christmas in some way. I sure hope that you're looking forward to it in some way. Maybe there's at least one gift that you bought for at least one person that you are actually really excited about when they open it up. You're just really excited about the look that they're going to have, the response that they're going to have. You've done your homework, your due diligence. You paid attention all year long, and you think you really knocked it out of the park. And my only prayer for you is that you get somebody who's a good gift opener. I hope you're not putting all that uh, hope into somebody who's never been good at opening gifts in their entire life. 
And so I hope that's the, the case. But, but you're, hopefully you're thinking that. I hope that maybe some are thinking that that meal is going to be so good that you can almost taste it now. It's just like, oh, man, I can't wait to sit down to that Christmas dinner. The family time, man, it's going to be joyful. It, it, we're going to have a good time. We're going to play some games. We're going to relax. It's, it's going to be a house full of love. We're looking forward to Christmas. We're looking forward to it. Now, now based upon experience we might be filtering out some stuff. We may have our rose-colored glasses on a little bit. But we can do that because we're not looking back. We're looking forward. We're not having to take into account family arguments, Christmases that failed, dinners that got burnt, (laughs) presents that were returned. We don't have to take any of that into account. We're looking forward to something. It is then of utmost importance and power. When we read this simple verse in Revelation 1 and 8 where he declares in his own words, I am Alpha, but I'm also the Omega. I am the beginning, but I'm also, hallelujah, the end. Just because maybe you may not like looking back so much and maybe the beginning of your existence and the beginning of your life is not something that you're super proud of today and maybe there's some things in your past that you wish you had never done, but we've got a God that says, I am the God of the Alpha, but I'm also the God of the Omega. You can look back if you want to, but you can also look forward, hallelujah, because I'm the beginning and I am the end. I am the one, hallelujah, that is. I am the one that was and I am the one that is to come. Oh, hallelujah, I love the power of positivity that is in that. And I would encourage you today not to just take that as some sort of a a, a pumped up verse and some sort of just uniquely positive verse, but I would encourage you to take it as the reality of who our God and Savior is, hallelujah, that he is not just a God that existed sometime in the past, and he is not just a God that you can call on in the present, but you can look forward, hallelujah, to a life in Jesus. You can look forward, hallelujah, to a life in Christ. Clap your hands under the Lord if you believe that today. It was hundreds of years before the birth of Christ even took place that a prophet named Isaiah spoke as the vessel of God unto his people. And we find Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now, it must be somewhat shocking to those who would believe in a Trinitarian doctrine and would relegate Jesus to some second place in the Godhead to read that the prophet calls this child and this son the mighty God and the everlasting Father. That the prophet hundreds of years before Jesus would even be born was going to say he is the Father and the Son. 
He is the Almighty One. And so we don't discount Isaiah and we don't say, well, he is a mistaken prophet because Isaiah 45, 21 through 23 says, tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, the Lord wanted it to be very clear that this wasn't just some rogue prophet that went off on his own and mistakenly called the Son the Father and called the child the Almighty God. But God clears it up and says, I'm the one who has declared this and there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself uh, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness uh, and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. God declared it to the prophet Isaiah, but he wanted to make sure we understood that it was God uh, who was declaring it. Uh, he is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He's the one who is, uh, who was, uh, who is to come. Uh, he He's the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Ghost. He is the Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. God says is not only is there no other God beside Him, but that He's also the only Savior that we should look unto. That we shouldn't look anyplace else for any other salvation, which should tell us something about the oneness of God when we read in Matthew 1, 21 through 23, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save. God said, I'm the only Savior. And Isaiah, he said, I'm the only Savior. And then Matthew comes along and we find uh, he's called his name Jesus uh, because he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us, Alpha, Omega, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. Amen. God in flesh. God dwelling amongst us. God in the arms of Mary and Joseph. God, the Almighty One, the only Savior of the world. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Hundreds of years before it ever took place, the words that Isaiah prophesied are the same things that are declared in the book of Matthew. Jesus is not the name of a man who once lived upon the earth. Jesus is the name of God. Jesus is God. Isaiah prophesied it, the Gospels recorded it, God himself, amen, declared it and makes it so, Luke 2 and 21, and when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. 
he was named, the man, Jesus. Well, did the angels come up with that name? Yes, they declared the name because Jesus, because God told them to declare the name. Angels are not allowed to operate independent of God. Psalm 103 says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, and excel in strength. Do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the word. They are not allowed to go rogue, just like Isaiah wasn't allowed to go rogue. They had to declare what God told them to declare, and the angel declared, call him Jesus. His name is Jesus. You can't mess this one up. You got to get it right. It's got to be Jesus, and so it comes from the will of God. He was not taking any chances, hallelujah, with his name. The reason why he wasn't taking any chances with his name, because it was going to put great purpose and power in that name. There was going to be a life potential, eternity potential wrapped up in that name. John chapter 1, it says it like this in verses 12 and 13, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to be become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. Our understanding today, hear me church, our understanding of who Jesus is, understanding of the name is what connects us to the power, hallelujah. It's what connects us to the redemption. It's what connects us to the restoration. It's the understanding of the name. Oh, hallelujah. We are born of God, he says, when we are born, reborn of Christ Jesus. The new birth experience, as it has been called, is all about connection to Jesus, to the name of Jesus and who that is. John 1, 15, 18, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he whom I spake. He that cometh after me, John said, is preferred before me, for he was before me. <laughs> John says, I need, you to, I need you to look back for just a second, but I want you to understand that the one who comes after me is actually the one who was before me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just doing my role. But there is a Messiah. There is a Christ. Amen. And of his fullness have all we received a grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now could Jesus, of whom John said, would come, how could he be also before John? No man hath seen God, for God is a spirit. Only the begotten, he says, only the one that is born, the born son, the begotten son, declared him, which means he declared the begotten son, which means he unfolded it, which, which he, he made it known, which he revealed it unto us, who Jesus is. You and I will never see any God but Jesus. He was more than a momentary manifestation. He was more than a figment of someone's imagination. He was more than a burning bush on a hillside, more than smoke and lightning on a mountaintop, more than a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He is the Word, became flesh, hallelujah, and dwelling among us, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all say the same thing. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word, hallelujah, shall not pass away. 
Oh, hallelujah. My word shall not pass away. Amen. Word in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Word in Matthew, Mark, Luke. My word shall not pass away. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Jesus was not ever intended to be a momentary manifestation. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus was still experienced after his resurrection. Even with a glorified body, they, they saw him. They interacted with him. The only God that we will ever see. Jesus, God Almighty. Oh, hallelujah. It's all in his name. It's all in his name. It's, it's a powerful thing to consider a name. We live in a, an interesting time. Everything, it's just, it's odd. It's odd what our culture does with things. You know, names used to mean a lot. And now, I don't know so much. And I'm not speaking against anyone. I'm not speaking against what, whatever your name is, whatever your child's name is. I just hope you didn't label them with something that they're going to have to run away from their entire life or fight everybody who mocks them for it. But a name is an interesting thing, especially in the Bible times. It spoke so much about who the person not only was the hope, perhaps of who they were, but so often it was almost prophetic in the sense that it would be who they would become because there's something about when you put a name on something. There's something about when you put a name on it and, and you say this is what it is. And even if the, the, that young child don't have any control over the situation, but they grow up under that purpose that you put on them. Some of them even become that thing which you, which you put on them. It's a powerful thing to consider. And I, I hope you enjoy your name today. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to cause a family fight here. I hope you don't call up mom or daddy after this and yell at them. They were just doing their best. But this power that we see in Scripture of the name, if I say the name, you see, Christmas is not just about the birth. It's also about the name. It's not just that, that the, the, the star was in the sky. It's not just that the shepherds uh, heard that angelic chorus. Uh, it, it's not just that there was no room for them in the end. And, and I love all of that, and all of that's powerful. And as much as it's become the Christmas story, I could preach every bit of it. It's all preachable because it's all the Word of God. And I love every bit of it, and I, I love the scene, and I love the idea, and, and, and I, I love the power of the moment, and, and, and I like to consider Mary and Joseph, uh, amen, the realities of the situation, and there they are in that place and, and dealing with this child and all that they have gone through to get to that location and knowing uh, that something spectacular is happening, but, but does it really feel spectacular, or, or does it feel like you're in a cave with a newborn? 
Does it feel like you, you, got, a, you got your newborn child wrapped up in these, these, these rags of clothes and laying in this, uh, this manger, this food trough, if you will, of sorts? Uh, does it feel like that? I, I think it probably, in a sense, felt like that. But, but they had this ringing in their ears. There was something that above everything else that they didn't understand what was going on and everything else that they couldn't explain if you would have asked them and all of the things that, that they had gone through and the angels had said and here they are holding this child conceived of the Holy Ghost. But there's one thing they know for sure, Brother Crane, that they gotta get right. We gotta call him Jesus. I don't care what your daddy's name is. I don't care what your daddy's name is. I don't care what the lineage is. The angel declared we must call his name Jesus because there was a prophet a long time ago who said that there was gonna come one who was gonna save us from our sins. And his name is Jesus. I've come to tell somebody in the house of the Lord this Christmas season we've got a Christ that is still washing sins away we've got a Jesus that you can still call on whether you're having a great Christmas or a horrible Christmas there is a God who reigns upon the throne of heaven and if you say Jesus you've got his attention he is as close as the mention of his name. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The power of that name. Our salvation is wrapped up in the birth and in the name. Oh, hallelujah. He had to be born so that he could die. But he had to have the name. It all had to be the way it was designed to be, our salvation. Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name. You can't call him something else. Oh, hallelujah. You, you can't call him something else. You can't say, well, it's really not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. The Bible says it's a big deal. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let me tell you something. You can't give thanks if you don't know the name. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You got to know who you're talking to. You don't know who you're thanking. You don't know who you're offering your praise up to. But once you get a hold, hallelujah, of the revelation of the mighty God in Jesus Christ, and you understand that when I say Jesus, amen, that I've got the fullness of the Godhead, amen, I've got everything that there is that I'll ever need, that I could ever hope for, that I could ever desire. I got every answer to every question. I got every solution to every every problem. I've got every power to overcome every hallelujah difficulty. I got it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Which is why it is significant that we obey Acts 2 and 38 when the apostle Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he declares to the crowd that is now so interested 
as they are beginning to have a revelation that they have crucified the Messiah. And Peter tells them that's all right because he is risen. And now they're looking for hope and looking for an answer. And Peter declares, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why it matters that I know the name. Because if I know the name, then I can obey the word. Hallelujah. Because repentance is important. And because baptism is a part of my salvation. But if it's going to work, it's got to be done in the name. Because it's in the name. Hallelujah. My God in heaven. It's in the name that the power is. It's in the name that the restoration is. It's in the name that the forgiveness is. It's in the name. Jesus hung on a cross. And the blood flowed down Golgotha's hill. And that blood still flows today. But if I want the cleansing of that blood. If I want to be Washed by the blood. I got to know the name. I have to understand that Jesus is God. That all power in heaven and earth is in him. My life is not saved because he was born. That's what brought salvation. You hear me? His birth is what brought salvation to us. His death is what fulfilled the law and made a more perfect way for us, which provides the mercy that we need for the forgiveness of his sins. His resurrection is what conquered death and hell in the grave and is what able to conquer those same things in my life. And all of that, hallelujah, can be received, experienced in my life as I begin to call on the name of Jesus. The one who is, which was, which is to come, means that when I call on the name of Jesus, Jesus can deal with my yesterday. Oh, you need to hear this preaching today. I'm trying to get something through. You need to understand. One of the, the main reasons that people are held back in this life is because of yesterday. One of the main reasons people never fulfill their purpose in life. My God in heaven. I, one thing about pastoring that is such a struggle and such a difficulty is seeing people routinely not living up to what God has purposed to, for them. And one of the main reasons is they can't get over yesterday. They can't deal with the past. They feel like it's hopeless and helpless because it's over and there's nothing they can do about it. But I've come to remind somebody in this house today that there is a Jesus, hallelujah, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who is and was and is to come. And before you sinned, he was God. And before you failed, he was God. And before you live what you regret, he was God. And he's God today, and he'll be God tomorrow. And if you call on the name of Jesus, what can 
wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. The blood of Jesus. I wish you would throw your hands in the air and call on the name of Jesus right now. We've got a God who is, was, and is to come. Hallelujah. 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 You don't have to live with yesterday holding you back. You don't have to live with 30 years ago keeping you down. We've got a God that existed then, and he still exists now. He is powerful. He is merciful. Ha. And at his name, <laughs> demons tremble. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess in the future. In present, I can decide. Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the Almighty, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory. <laughs> to the glory of God the Father. It is the revelation of the mighty God in Jesus. It is the understanding that it wasn't just flesh and blood that was wrapped in those swaddling clothes. Colossians 2, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men or after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. For in Christ, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And somebody needs to read this and hear it. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Oh, hallelujah. I feel that. I felt that powerful. Hear me. You will find your completeness only in Jesus. Say, Pastor, sometimes I feel like I'm just, just kind of walking blindly through this world. Preacher, sometimes it feels like I'm just half of a person. Sometimes it's like I'm missing, missing so much. I feel incomplete. 
I don't feel whole. I feel like there's voids in my life. Things that I'm missing out on. I don't understand. I don't know. Yes. That's how you feel. Because the only way to be complete is in Jesus. The only way to find that wholeness that you're looking for, the only way to fill the void that's seemingly missing. I, I know perhaps you've tried a lot of other things and perhaps some of those things you've tried you now look back on with regret, with pain, because it didn't work. It just made the void deeper, darker. But I've come to tell somebody in this house today, there is a Jesus, your God and Savior, that His name, you, can, I, you and I can be complete in Him. We don't have to be alone we don't have to go through this life like that. The Bible simply says that where two or three are gathered together in his name, he says, there am I in the midst of them. It's a reason why you felt God when you walked in this place today. It's a reason why when you walked into this house, maybe you can't even explain it, but it felt like there was peace in this place and you may have even felt like is this home? Is this what I've been looking for all my life? It's the reason why when we begin to sing and we all begin to lift up our voices that we begin to feel something come over us today. It's the reason why because where two or three are gathered in his name there he is in the midst of them. There he is in the midst of them. He tells us that we will have power, that we don't have to be weak, that we don't have to live defeated lives, that there is not even devils in hell that can stop us when we get it right. In Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. In fact, we get the revelation in that prophetic book of forward-looking. We look ahead to that which is to come. We're encountering the God who is. We're encountering the God who was. We look ahead now with faith to the God who is to come, the almighty Alpha. Omega, the beginning and the end. And Revelation 3 speaks and it says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. And verse 11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have. Don't let anybody take your crown. Hold fast. Hold fast to what? Hold fast to that name that you haven't denied. To that name 
that you found that changed everything. Hold fast to that relationship, hallelujah, that you experienced when you first realized, I can call on the name of Jesus, and I, hallelujah, am talking to the Almighty God, the Father, the Savior, hallelujah, to the Lord God of heaven and earth. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor. And he's the mighty God, and he's the everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace, and he's all of those things, Mary. Joseph, he's all of those things. He's going to be all of those things. He is all of those things. He's always been all of those things. And call his name Jesus. Because I want them to know he's their Emmanuel. He's their God with us. God with us. Stand with me today if you would please. I have endeavored this morning to preach what God laid upon my heart. A couple pieces that I believe specifically God has spoken. The first part being we can look back, but we can also look forward. And Jesus can make it so looking back doesn't keep us from looking forward. Jesus can do that for you and I today. He can do it in this place. In a moment, I'm going to invite everyone that will to come to the front. This is our altar area. We leave it wide open like this so that everybody can come and press in and pray and respond. And I... I just feel like some people are going to come up here today and they're going to lay their past down. They're going to say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me today. I need that blood to wash over me today. I need to be cleansed today. I want to lay my past down so that I can lift my eyes towards the future and see something perhaps greater than I've ever saw before and the second element is complete God wants to make some people whole in this house before you leave today it may have taken you years to be broken but God can heal it in just a matter of minutes and you can leave this place whole today. I wish you'd lift your hands and begin to talk to the Lord right where you're at, just for a second. Just lift your hands and begin to talk to God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.